Welcome to Slowpreneur, a podcast about building a business without the busy. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and I'm a coach for thoughtful, values-based entrepreneurs just like you. On this show, we talk about creating a business with intention, heart, and sustainability in mind. Join me as I connect with my friends and clients and share my own reflections on why slow and steady entrepreneurship will always win the race. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Geraldine Gipe about her philosophy, slow is good, and how she learned the hard way to prioritize slowness in her life and business. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Slowpreneur. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Stephanie Pellet, and I am your host on this Slowpreneurship journey. On this podcast, we talk about all things sustainable and intentional and balanced business. And I'm really happy to know that you're out there and that you care about these subjects too. That makes me so thrilled. It also makes me so thrilled to bring you this interview today with my new friend, Geraldine Gipe of the Slow Is Good podcast and the co-founder of the Slowpreneur Summit. Geraldine actually found me by searching the word slowpreneur, which I just love because it just shows me that there are more people out there who think like me and these whole communities that exist that I don't even know about because Geraldine is in Montreal. She's originally from Paris and is involved with an entire slowpreneurship community that I wasn't aware of, but I'm so excited to be connecting with now. So thank you to the term slowpreneur for bringing us all together. That makes me so, so happy. In this interview, you're going to hear from Geraldine about how she kind of learned the hard way that she needed to prioritize slowness in her life and business. And she also talks a lot about balancing motherhood and the examples that she wants to set for her son while building her business. Geraldine is an amazing coach and consultant and mentor for thoughtful entrepreneurs like you who want the chance to slow down and build businesses that last. And I was really, really excited to connect with her and hear about her definitions of slowpreneurship and what she's learned on her journey. So without further ado, let's jump right into this interview with Geraldine Gipe. Hello, hello. Hi, Geraldine. Thank you for joining me for Slowpreneur. I'm so excited to connect with you and talk to you again. Hey, hi, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited for our conversation. (laughs) Yes. And we met because you found me on the internet from using the word slowpreneur. Is that right? We found each other through slowpreneurship. Absolutely. So I was navigating the web and I was doing some research on entrepreneurship because I wanted to write something actually. And I stumbled upon your website, then your Instagram, then I started to stalk you a little. (laughs) But I was I was kind of very excited to see that the community actually is becoming bigger when it comes to entrepreneurship, which when I actually decided to take a step back in what I do for a living as an entrepreneur, then I realized that it's becoming a bigger community. And I really love that because like a couple of years ago, it was not that many people that were actually um, talking about entrepreneurship, what it means, what it is, and how it impacts, you know, um, entrepreneurs. Yeah. 
I just love that story so much because as you said, it points to this movement that I think we're both a part of. And the fact that we can find each other now, thanks to the beauty of the, the internet, you're in Montreal, I'm in Toronto. And to just be able to connect over our values, I was so excited yeah. when you reached out to me because I just thought to myself, wow, like there's this whole other group of people who are also in the same space and and have the same values as me and that was just so exciting <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes you feel alone I'm sure you you get that right you're you're trying to build this business in a way that's yeah. not the most traditional and that can mm -hmm. sometimes be lonely yeah absolutely especially early days where uh, most of the models that I have for myself were very fast-paced like kind of businesses mm. and I've seen too many of our like you know of our entrepreneurs like you know burning out getting some disease um, even myself I went through some of it um, and then this is the reason why I decided like there, there must be like a, a better way a better way just to be living a normal and enjoyable life without you know all nerve-wracking you know actions that you need to take and decisions that mm -hmm. will actually burn you out along the way and this mm -hmm. is how I decided to put some foundation for more slower impactful and more meaningful action as well in my business. Mm, I love that so much and let's just dive into that because I really want to hear more about your journey to slowpreneurship, but can you start by telling us the end? So where you are now, what you're kind of doing in your everyday business, and then we can back up and talk about, you know, how you got there. Cause I'm sure it's an interesting story. Oh my God. It's such a, <laughs> I mean, it's very exciting. I don't know if I should say exciting. I should say like, I learned the hard way. Mm really but what i do these days is to advise and grow with entrepreneurs that want to you know uh, be visible on the internet i do coach them but using different methods like from slowpreneurial regenerative businesses leadership but also i do use mm. mindset but also energetics this is basically what i do mm. and i also support small businesses and corporations into integrating like digital marketing strategies, but you know, with more consciousness because that's very key. And there are a lot of things coming up, like the Slowpreneur Summit that will be that will be coming in multiple chapters, the French edition and the English edition this fall. Yes, so exciting. Yes. I cannot wait to talk to you about the Slowpreneur Summit because <laughs> those words just light up my brain. I'm so excited about that. Um, so yeah, okay. So I love that you're working with coaches in this way, co coaches and business owners to coach them to build their business with more intention, do their marketing with more intention. Um, yeah. I just think it's beautiful how you've built that into kind of all the aspects of your business. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, talk to us about how you got here, because I know that you probably did not start <laughs> building no, in I, this kind of slow method. I, I, did, I didn't start that way because actually originally I'm from France. I was born and raised in Paris. And then when I actually, Mike, well, moved in Canada in Montreal, then I started like the traditional way working for different corporations. And but I wanted more, you know, and so back then I was. At the same time, in parallel, like, you know, freelancing in all the tech mm -hmm. startup world. And I wanted more. And I was working 50, 60 hours a week, maybe more, sometimes 80 hours a week. 
And then I decided to create a startup with co-founders, which we did, and we had to live the startup world life, right? Uh, sleepless wow. nights, countless sleepless nights um, with a toddler, a one-year-old. And I got sick along the way. I got cancer. Um, so oh I had... Gosh. Yeah, I went through the ups and downs of trying to push hard and harder, hustling, I hate that word, but hustling literally to make things happen, but in a way I was taught how to do it. Like, I mean, this startup world is about like, go, 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 no matter what is going on, you need to go. And at some point I realized like, is it really what you want? I had to ask myself, mm. is it really how you see yourself in 10 years from now, uh, just hustling, not seeing your family, uh, your husband, your kid. And I realized, like, is it really worth it? And even though I was sick, um, battling with cancer, I still decided to push through and keep working on that startup with my co-founders. Because for me, it was just like kind of a way just to, you know, not to think about the disease and the impact on me, my family, etc. But I realized, like, we all need to have that step back and be able to to breathe, you know, to live what we have to we have to go through. And this is where I realized, like, it was not necessarily good for myself nor for the family. And I decided, you know what? There are better ways to do business. There are better ways mm. to impact people. There are better ways to make a difference. And I had to slow down. It was not easy. I'm not gonna lie because I was so used and so addicted to overworked myself and being pushing everything that I could push that for me I was stressed just the fact to say okay I'm gonna go out for a walk and just breathe out there and it was that bad right it's like I was a junkie a workaholic <laughs> yeah. and I had to put like things in perspective um, for my recovery for my family's recovery as well and also to keep thinking about how I want this business to grow. And I had to put like a strategy in place so that I could slow down with intentions and be more mindful about how I can show as well my clients, like small businesses, but also uh, um, all the entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that I coach that really there are ways you can have really tangible results without burning yourself to the ground, right? And yeah. it's like that that I decided to, okay, entrepreneurship is fine. There are a lot of people who actually criticize me for that simply because it's yeah. not something that people talk a lot. Well, back then, uh, people were not used <laughs> to talk about entrepreneurship a lot. Um, I even received like very judgmental comment on the internet saying that, yes, it's because like I'm supported by someone else. But it was not about that. Mm. It was just like, you know, going back to what's really important in life. Yes, our businesses are very important, but at the end of the day, even though we love our job, we love what we, our opportunities and the community as well, but, you know, at the end of the day, what matters is who you are, you are with, your family, your loved ones. And so that's how I decided just to, little by little, you know, remove a few things here and there and, you know, be able to breathe, starting gardening, playing the music back. I'm a harpist, uh, playing oh, capoeira, <laughs> playing oh. capoeira. I'm a capoeirista. 
yes, I do love too many things. <laughs> but all that to say that, you know, finding that balance in life where you can also enjoy life, even though you're building a business that will probably impact many of your lives and make money, you know, with this business as well. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing your, your story with us. That is very tender to think about that time, right? In your life when you were pushing, you were trying this new thing that you, I'm sure we're so excited about. And then for it to kind of lead to such negative health outcomes and, and pain yeah. and strife in your family, like that is a hard story, you know, that's a difficult time in your life. So we really appreciate you kind of sharing that with us because I think it's a really important lesson, right? Uh, you mentioned we've been taught these ways yeah. of doing business, yes. you know, and I can imagine in a startup, you're getting pressures from your co-founders, maybe if you had investment money of any kind yes. of the ways that you have to live and you have to do things in order to deliver the profit and the growth and the, <laughs> you know, results that someone it, else wants that has more, nothing to do with your family. Yeah, but it's more than the financial pressure, actually. It's just the entire ecosystem pressure mm. because the incubators are built that way. You have to pitch every single week. Like you have to, mm. I don't meet, I don't know how many persons you have to do you know, cold calling, like hardcore cold calling, like 100% a day. Um, and these are, I'm, I have nothing against this way of doing business. It's just like, it's not sustainable in the long run. It doesn't work that way. We are all humans at the end of the day. And yeah. my concern wa was when I actually decided to, you know, shift the pace of how I wanted to do things was also that, Am I actually influencing and also teaching other entrepreneurs that burning yourself down is okay? It is not to me. It is clearly not. There are people have been running businesses for millennial, like really. And I doubt that the pressure was that strong in the sense that you have to burn your health, your everything just to be successful. And so I was actually um, reading, I think last year Thrive, um, mm -hmm. from um, Mrs. Afinton. Yes. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, she went to a point where she was literally down on the floor realizing like, okay, I need to do something because she was sleep deprived, totally. And so her health like took a huge toll simply because she was prioritizing many things, but her. And I yeah. think it doesn't mean to be selfish. It means that your primary resource when you build your venture, whatever it is, is you. So if you don't have your health, if you don't have your balance, how do you think you're going to keep going? And having that in mind, I had to realize that it's the same for me. If I'm not checking my health properly, that means I'm putting my family at risk at the same time. And in fine, my business too, because if I don't have my health, I cannot sustain my business at all. Yeah. And so it's so important. It, yeah. And it was, it was a hard lesson. Um, but it was for me, I wouldn't say it's the case for everybody, but it was a necessary lesson for me to understand mm. that I'm against the wall and I need to do something about this. I need to change things. I need to make it different.
because we can grow, we can impact the world differently. And, you know, sticking to our values and slow, like I like to say, slow is good. It's not a bad word. It's not like, you know, you're spitting on somebody's face. Like slow is okay because you take the time. And actually what I see these days for all entrepreneurs qualifying themselves as slowpreneur or not, when they take the time, the results are more impactful and exponential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really important thing to remember because when you get those wake up calls, it can feel like, I don't know what to do. I only know what I've been doing, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that it was such a process for you trying to figure out how yeah. to move forward in a new way. But I think mm-hmm. for a lot of us slowpreneurs, it came, unfortunately, most of the time because we hit some kind of a wall. And I think what I love about your work and, um, you know, why I do the podcast that I do is because I really would like for people to not have to get to that wall, right? To not have to be like Ariana Huffington hitting her head on the, on the desk to, in order to realize that what she was doing was unsustainable. I think Mm -hmm. that that's why this, this podcast and telling these stories is hopefully to show a different way for people, because as you said, we have these explicit and implicit pressures that this is the one way to do business. This is the most Mm -hmm. important thing is to give everything you have to growing this business. Uh, But I love that you're also like expanding the scope and looking back to history and saying, you know, the butcher back in the day who ran a family business in town, he wasn't staying up until midnight, probably like... (laughs) on Instagram doing some stories like, hey, y'all, you know, come tomorrow to the butcher shop. Like business has now taken over our lives in this really intense way. And I think it's really difficult to kind of fight back against those those pressures sometimes. But I think having models like you uh, to share a new way can be so powerful uh, for for people to to realize it is possible. Yeah. And, you know, I've been coaching in various um, industries. Um, in the tech space, in the e-commerce space. And I was, I was kind of, you know, like surprised discussing with some of the entrepreneurs um, in the tech space, looking at me straight in the eyes, uh, literally like livid and saying, how do I rest? I thought it was a joke, to be honest, <laughs> but it was not simply because there's so many decisions to be made. There's so many injunctions, there's so many uh, priorities and that they kind of lose the goal, the focus on what it is that is to be prioritized. And at some point I had to say, please shut down your computer and go to bed. Yeah. And, and, And it's so sad, you know, to see in these, you know, entrepreneurs faces that can I really afford to sleep? Can I really afford to be healthy? Because I have to talk to a VC um, in the morning and my code is kind of full of mistakes and errors and it's not working and I have a demo next week and this, I understand all that. But you squeezing your health, your you, what's very important in developing the business, is it okay? Because nobody comments on that. And I think we are perpetrating like these strategies of, burn, 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 burn. And then after that, we were just like surprised that the rate of entrepreneurs burned out, depressed, clinically depressed, 
um, developing hardcore disease. We didn't have that and younger and younger. And so in that sense, I'm just realizing that it's time to to do something. It's time just to yeah. reconnect the dots and to make sure that, yes, you become, you take the decision to do some sort of sacrifice growing your business, but not at all costs. Mm-hmm. Resting yeah. is important. Your health is important. And you communicating through the rest of the world that this is important is also key because we are influencing each other. This episode of Slowpreneur is sponsored by The Profoundry, a coaching and community program for thoughtful entrepreneurs run by yours truly. If you've been looking for a supportive group of business besties who share your values and really get it, this could be the perfect membership for you because these people are truly amazing. Every month in the program, we have a bunch of different calls. For example, productivity parties to get our work done together, workshops on things like project planning, balance and boundaries, or goal setting. And we often do creative think tanks that offer custom group coaching for members for whatever they might be struggling with. We also have a really supportive Slack community with weekly check-ins. We have a resource library full of recordings and interesting workshops and a business book club so that you can learn about business from interesting and diverse authors. If this sounds like your cup of tea, I'd love for you to come check it out. You can learn more and get your first productivity party pass for free by going to stephaniepellet.com slash profoundary. I would love to see you there. I think what you're saying is so true. And it's not just entrepreneurs. I think of people who work for businesses that are larger corporations. Yeah. We all have this same sickness of thinking that things need to be done faster, bigger, better, more. And employees are having that same level of burnout because their employers are expecting things. Some of the examples that you just gave, right? You know, you have this meeting, you have to show up for a presentation, you have to be pitching. All of that pressure can really build up. And I Mm -hmm. see it in myself. You know, this is something I do all the time I'm constantly thinking about slowpreneurship. And just yesterday I had to reinstate some of my tech boundaries because I was noticing I was really checking my email a lot when there was yeah. nothing to check. There was nothing there. There's no, there's no fires, but because yeah. we are in this cycle, it becomes really difficult to turn it off. And I think it's, it's really interesting what you're saying of that we don't know how to rest. Our, our mm. nervous systems and our brains have been hijacked. It's not just about the culture we're around, but it's also about the, the tech that we're encountering, the social media platforms that we're on. All of these things can lead to us feeling like that lack of rest and being a junkie <laughs> for our businesses, as you said before. I think that's just such a, a hilarious, but also very accurate way to put it. We are kind of junkies for the validation or getting a sale or getting a like on social media that it makes it really hard to turn off. Um, But I know that you are really passionate about using technology in a way that is supportive to us. So I'd love to hear you talk more about that and how you personally balance for yourself. So for me, balancing everything was also, like you said, the use of technology. So I had a beautiful conversation with a friend the other day when it comes to using AI, because we were Mm. discussing on the matter of consciousness inside of using AI. But for me, um, English is my second language. And 
thanks to AI, I can, you know, tap into ideas a bit more quicker or more efficiently. Mm. So I use it that way and I, it saves me some time. And in the flow of my day-to-day work, using also a bit of technology helped me actually automatize like a few things so that I don't have to carry everything, you know, manually. And so yeah. it saved me time. It saved me um, some energy and it's the same for my team. And it took me a while in order to reach to that level and in order to integrate like a policy of no social media or no emails during, you know, first hour in the morning, just being more present. So that's the first thing. Uh, introducing that as well for my son, he's six. So anytime that I'm on a computer or a screen, so that's been for him, he can come by and check and see, oh, is mo- if mommy is on the screen, I can go too, right? And so ah. for me, it was just like slowing down also my screen time per day. I'm trying to pause um, every two hours so that you don't have, you know, this like eye fatigue because you're too much yep. in front of, you know, the screen, whatever screen it is. Um, your cell, your tablet, or your computer. So that's very important. And I think, you know, finding that anchor for me in nature was what helped me the most in order to get that balance on slowing down. Because in nature, I'm trying not to bring my phone with me. Uh, except when I, even, you know, because I used to listen a lot to audiobooks or um, podcast while walking. Now I'm just trying to enjoy the moment. I have nothing in my ears, no technology, no nothing, just the time to enjoy, you know, being more mindful and present inside nature. Another thing I've tried, I've decided to commit myself to was to go back to music. Um, and that this one is very special to me. I, I've been playing the harp for since I was eight, but I was always played for myself. And, you know, being with the instrument or other musicians, like it removes the technology. It removes that notion of time because you practice until you perfect what you have, what you want to accomplish or what sound you want to produce. Right. And so it gives me that access to you know, self-expressions and navigate into like that notion of time is not at stake here, but the pleasure of playing is at stake. And so it took me a little while because I was just like timing everything <laughs> at some <laughs> point. And then, and then I, I, it gave me the opportunity to be off screen, off, off work, off and opening more space for um, creativity and, you know, thinking things differently. And after that, I introduced like vocal, what I call vocal alchemy. It's like um, vocal meditation and, you know, singing Ooh. at the same time with the heart. And then little by little, I added activities that didn't require whatsoever performances, but only pleasure. And this is how I actually little by little find like a new a new pace of life like that is not always running always like you know um did i automate this or that or does it make sense for the business so that i have something else in mind that you know give me the opportunity to be more creative so beautiful and so inspiring i love hearing you talk about the harp uh the harp is such a magical instrument really when i think about it it just feels otherworldly in some way. Uh, I had a client who played the harp, who played it on one of our productivity parties once. And it was such an incredible moment for everyone. We were all just sitting there like, 
Um, so <laughs> just so many things that you just said, I thought were so interesting and powerful. The thread to nature is one that has been coming up so much in my conversations. And it's something that's so important to yeah. me. But I think the theme of what you just made me think of is introducing practices that help us lose track of time. Because yeah. I think that a big problem in the addictive nature of running a business and constantly feeling like this urgency, this need to respond to everything is yeah. that we do have this feeling that time is of the essence. Time is yeah. money. You know, we have this relationship with time that is super transactional and really, um, again, fast paced. It's like, yeah. you can't waste any time. You have to be focused. You need to be productive and not like fritter your time away on other things. And I, I think there's some truth to that, right? Obviously we don't want to be like scrolling on our phone while also trying to do important work. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, it's so interesting to hear you talk about how the antidote for you has not been necessarily only just putting up the boundaries uh, against technology. It's, it's more like rather than fighting the technology, you're just adding something else mm -hmm. that's more inspiring, that helps you lose track of time, that helps you feel connected to yourself. And it almost makes the technology just naturally less appealing because you have all of these <laughs> other things that you're genuinely excited about pursuing and being creative with them. So I, I just feel like that for me has landed, uh, hearing you talk about it, of how can I introduce more things that really help me lose track of time rather than trying to decide how to use my time in a better way. It's just like, <laughs> forget that. Just do anything that helps you feel free. Yeah. And I mean, whenever you're stuck, let's say you're stuck with, I don't know whether, whatever you, something technical or a client project or something, and then you push harder, you know, on trying to figure it out, like, you know, to find that. And then you take a step, you take a step back, you go in nature, you do something else, and then you come back and voila, in a second, mm -hmm. right? So it's that, I think, spaciousness, consciousness that gives you that space in order to, to grow, expand, and do things differently. And I think society has, you know, he's tell, like society is telling us, like, you need to be boxed in every way. But actually, yeah. our brain needs that space in order to evolve, to change, and to bring more notion that will help us actually solve more maybe problems or be or enjoy more pleasure when it comes to navigating inside our businesses and tapping yeah. into more creativity. And I think we, as entrepreneurs, we tend to forget that because we're measuring our success just based on result, result, result. But for me, Today, the result is not only just the money I have in my bank account, because I do believe that not all money is good money. You can yeah. have millions of clients, but if these clients are not aligned with your values, um, the right position client for you, what does it do? Like you just, in the end, you, you will start resenting your business because it's not exactly what you desire, what you want. And so in that sense, this is what over the last couple of years I've try to work on and I still I'm still working on it simply because I think it's an ongoing work right finding that self-expression that will help you be in your own flow be in your own slow if I if I may say oh and, I love that <laughs> and and make sure that at the end of the day you're happy with the 
journey that you're deciding to be on. And we, we also mm. forget that, like being an entrepreneur, yes, it's tough. It's really tough. There's no other way to put it, but you don't have to suffer all the way simply because you decide to create something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's also Im important to recognize that it is about making that decision. You know, you talked about yeah. how uh, you have this, this idea, this concept that I love called slow is good. That's the name of your podcast, but how, how do you influence people? So if maybe people are on the fence and they feel like slow still feels like kind of a bad word, you know, it's like a naughty word, like it represents laziness or it represents, um, you know, a lack of strategy or it's not what we want in business. We want business to grow really fast. Like, what do you say to those people or what's your pitch for slowpreneurship to help people I get mean, on board? I don't have exactly the quote in English, but Lao Tzu, which is uh, who is um, a Chinese philosopher, is saying like nature well, I'm just going to paraphrase here, but nature yeah. does does what it does, right? It doesn't mm. go faster, right? You cannot um, pressure nature to grow more flowers because you want to, mm. right? Or if you do, there are consequences. But we, we're not going to talk about this today. But simply, it's a matter of you need to take the time. You need to go through things little by little. And it's not because you're pressuring yourself, accelerating, like, you know, that you get what you want and what you need. And this is exactly what I say and pitch to people is like, okay, you went fast, fast, fast. Look at, look at the numbers now. If you want to talk business on that, look at the numbers. Because you went so fast, are you reaching exactly the potential that you were expecting? Most of the answers that I receive for most of the, um, you know, entrepreneurs I'm working with is no, because everything takes time. Sometimes you think like by connecting with hundred percent, you'll be able to close them. And I hate that word for, you know, <laughs> connecting with people, you'll be able to close yeah. them by the end of oh, the day. But yeah, yeah. But reality is people need to get connections to feel you, understand you exactly emotionally. Right. And so it means that it takes time to create, to bond with people. And business yeah. is also about that, these connections. So like for a longevity kind of connections and it's not happening in less than a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the hard part for people to accept again, because we don't have enough models. We don't have enough stories. I find a lot of my clients will feel frustrated. Like this is taking way longer than I thought it would take. I hear that so often, you know, yeah. I thought I would get more done this week or I thought I would be further along in this project by now. And there's that feeling that we're doing something wrong. But I really mm -hmm. do feel like the reason we feel like we're doing something wrong is just because we're not actually comparing ourselves to the right stories. We're mm -hmm. only comparing ourselves to the stories that look like they happened super quickly or overnight. We don't get to see the behind the scenes. Um, and so I just love that you're kind of reframing that for people of, yeah, you can go fast, 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 but how is that working out for you? Do you feel like you would be able to continue in this way? Yeah. I think sometimes people can sustain it in the short term, right? Your mm -hmm. experience at the startup for a short period of time, you did it and you were feeling like you were working towards your goal. But the problem isn't that we can do it in a short time. The problem is most of us want to do our businesses for a long time. And yeah. 
it's not going to be possible if we're not building intentionality into the way that we're building our business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And more than yeah. that, it's just that, what is it that we are sharing with, you know, the next generation too? Yeah. Because for me, it's a really important question, right? So um, my son comes with me sometimes to meetings, like, you know, Hi. he's sometimes like showing his head, like, mommy, what you're doing? And then for me, it's important sometimes to let him know that it's okay to slow down. It's okay sometimes to go a little bit faster, but to have a pace that is sustainable for him, for us. And it's the same, it's the same thing in motherhood, like... A lot of my friends used to say, oh, yeah, you have to take them to soccer this Tuesday and ice skating on Friday. And I said, no, I'm mm. not doing I'm not doing any of that. I'm doing what I can and what is sustainable from an energetic like perspective for me, not specifically because all the moms community is doing it. And so it's right. also important to rem to remove that peer pressures on anything that we decide to do whether it is business, whether it is like motherhood, even like friendship sometimes doesn't matter. It's just like, we need to make sure that we do things for the good reasons, but also for our own benefits somehow. And in a way that is sustainable for long-term. Yeah. And I, it's so important to check in with ourselves, right? A lot of the things that you're talking about are, I realized that this wasn't a sustainable pace for me or with my child, I only want to do one activity a week. But all of that requires looking inward instead of our habit, which is really to look outward all the time. Mm -hmm. And I do think that part of the reason why we're looking outward so much is also because of this fast-paced world that we're living in. We don't yeah. have enough time. So because we don't have enough time to look inward, we're like, what is everyone else doing? I'll just do that, you know, um, because we're just reacting. And the easiest yeah. way to react is just to look outside of ourselves. So yeah. it does really start with embracing the mindset that we have to believe that slow is good. We have to believe that we can have everything that we're looking for yeah. in a slower paced way. Mm -hmm. And it starts with that choice, right? Yeah. Until you make that choice of believing that that's possible, it's not going to be <laughs> something you take steps towards because you really just won't have the chance to do that. Um, but I would love to hear you kind of talk about what are some of the, you can kind of talk about this in one of two ways. When you realized you'd need to slow down, like what were some of the first steps that you made? Or, you know, tell us about if you have a new client who is dipping their toe into slowpreneurship, but doesn't know how to start, what do you usually tell them? What are some of the, the easy things we can do to start with? So to answer the first part of your question, so for me, it was kind of traumatic <laughs> to actually mm. migrate from fast, fast pace to slow pace. I was... Yeah. I really had like some anxiety attack because I was just like, I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And it took a process, literally, um, little by little, creating like a roadmap for me to accept that it's okay to slow down. Nothing's okay. going to happen if you slow down. Nothing's going to happen if you don't answer your mail right away or if you don't pick up the phone right away. Nothing's going to happen if you didn't invoice a client right away. You can't wait. You can reorganize yourself. A lot of people are talking about, you know, productivity hacks, like, you know, time boxing and stuff. 
for me, I find it like a bit sometimes difficult for me. That's not something that I practice, but I decided to at least allocate lanes in my calendar so that I can do certain things. And mm. after that, it was a matter of introducing more time in nature. So that was a very important practice. And, you know, it's going to surprise a lot of people, but start reading something else than any business or personal development books because it will trigger like actions. Oh, I can do this better. I can do this better. I can learn this. I can do that. And trying to introduce more novels to this day, for me, it's still challenging actually to, to read anything else than personal development or business related kind of books. And it was just like, you know, except accepting that you need to slow your brain a little bit because it's not only about the parts of our body or actions inside the business. It's just like, we need to slow down also our brain that is thinking about business all the time. Right. And so adding like, you know, readings around novels, cookbooks, cooking more, a lot of actions that are very traditional and kind of boring to some extent in order to (laughs) (laughs) really, in order to make sure that I'm off the computer I'm not being yeah. busy trying to, you know, think about ad, ads or next courses or whatever it is that we have in our businesses. And then for most of my clients, I usually tell them, like, you need to make sure that in your calendar, yearly calendar, you prioritize first your vacations. <laughs> yes. Because most of entrepreneurs never take vacations, right? I know. And so I usually tell them, like, start with your vacations, your time off, you know for you to breathe. And then once you've done that, then during the day, see how many like, you know, time or hours you can allocate just doing things that doesn't require you to be connected to anything so that you can have some time for yourself to think and sometimes even rest if you need to. And, you know, take the time to go outside or what is it that you that you need. Um, even introducing like workouts or even art because art is a great asset in terms of doing something that is not, you know, too pressuring in order to have some activities. So these are typically, I'll tell my client, you know, enjoy yourself and then think about work. And so, yes, I'm going backwards is because we always prioritize like work. And then if we just prioritize work, we can work like 24 hours, seven, right? So what if we were able to prioritize like, you know, pleasure time and see how we can have fun. And then after that, we see like how we box, time box, if you want to, like some work so that we always have, you know, human, I will say, and non-business activities before, This is not an ad, it's a pause. I've decided to build an intentional break into every episode of Slowpreneur because I know I'm throwing a lot of ideas and hopefully inspiration your way, and I wanted to give you a moment to integrate it, to not have to pay attention, to not have to absorb anymore, to just marinate on what we've talked about so far and take a breath before we continue. Get back to the show. You're flipping the script, right? You're filling up 
your cup first and then letting that overflow into your business rather than trying to make business the center of your universe, which will never be fulfilling enough really for, for us. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to kind of underscore that point that you just said about really taking a break from self-improvement. I think self-improvement is such a cult um, yeah. in our current society of constantly feeling like we need to be doing things better. And I think for a lot of people, especially values-based entrepreneurs, we really value uh, personal development. And I think personal development is super important. But the problem mm. is it's become almost like an addiction where we now feel like we have so many problems that we need mm. to solve. And we have so much that we need to learn. So I love that concept of taking a break from reading nonfiction uh, that's about personal development, taking mm. a break from podcasts that are about business, especially in your off hours. That's one that I did recently. I would find myself listening to business podcasts in the evening and you're like, it's just going to keep you in that loop all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, that's huge. And then I also love this this idea that feels really accessible of doing more things with your body and your hands. So you're talking yeah. about cooking, you're talking about walking, you're talking about things that just are completely separate from the brain that you use all the time in your business. I, I told this story recently because I had the chance to go and help my partner shoot a wedding mm -hmm. and um, it felt so restful even though it was like very physically demanding work, it felt very restful because I was not using the part of my brain I used for my business. Mm -hmm. I was doing creative things. I was taking, you know, <laughs> photos and, and, and videos. And I just think that it's so interesting to just sometimes even just take a break, like switch to something else. Um, yeah. And you can be shocked really how, how restful that can actually feel for yeah. yourself. So love those ideas. And they feel very <laughs> accessible for people, right? Just insert more of that. And these answers will naturally start to come a little bit easier. You don't have to be crazy things actually to shift things towards a slower pace in life. Like you just need yeah. to go back to your foundations, literally, and remove a yeah. little bit like an onions, like you remove, you know, some, some pieces little by little, and you don't have to do it at once because like a lot of people mm -hmm. will say no you have to cut it right now and actually that reminds me um of uh, a friend who actually posted something about the book i don't remember the name of the author but miracle morning and as a oh, mom yes and as a mom i'm just like yeah good luck with that <laughs> i'm not saying it's a bad book i'm just like i read it's it not a, it's, it's I, I read it it's just like how long is this type of productivity is sustainable for the body for the mind right when you don't have maybe uh i will say responsibilities for over beings it does work absolutely but after that i'm not sure and so that's the reason why thinking about slowing down is important because no matter what you do at some point your body needs to race. Your, your brain needs some pause so that you can be more productive, more creative, and get the result that you want inside whatever it is that you're creating. Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember for all of us how many industries rely on us feeling like we are not doing enough. That always is something that triggers you know, some anger in me. 
<laughs> it, that can fuel me, you know, because I think of somebody like Hal Elrod who wrote The Miracle Morning. It's a super successful book. Tons of people get yeah. behind it. I, again, not saying it doesn't work for certain people, but you know, his whole business relies on you feeling like your morning routine is not good enough, not optimized enough. If you miss yeah. a single day, you are, you know, screwing up your productivity for the whole week. And yeah. it's just not just about mornings. It's also about what we're eating and what we're, yeah. how we're sleeping. And, and there's infinite ways that we could buy another course to do yeah. something better. We could buy another uh, program that will fix us because we're broken somehow. And I think it's really important for us all to remember, like, we're fine. <laughs> like there's, yeah. there's a way of improving skills without feeling like you need to improve yourself and feeling that anxiety that you're not good enough or your business is not good enough. And that being the thing that fuels you um, and yeah. pushes you forward. So that's just a good reminder for me. Like Miracle Morning was not written for someone who has kids. <laughs> Miracle Morning was Absolutely not written for someone not. Yeah. So it's just important to remember, like, it's not a neutral recommendation. It doesn't take into account context yeah. when it makes those, those recommendations. And you, you said it right, actually, using the term fixed for a human yeah. is like, what do we have to fix? Actually, we right. can evolve, we can shift, we can transform, mm -hmm. we can transmute things, but do we have to fix? What is it that we have to fix? Yeah, I know. I think that a huge part of that, and this has been coming up a lot in my conversations recently, has been really trying to find true connection with other people who understand things the way that I understand things. That is the best way I have found to feel okay. You know, so a lot mm. of these courses and books and things that we're searching for, it's to feel like we're okay. We're doing things right. We're on the right track. But those things never actually make us feel like we're okay. They always make us feel like we have to do more and be yeah. better. And what actually helps is talking to your friends, talking to your peers, talking to people in your industry and realizing like, we're all dealing with the same things. We're all struggling. Like this conversation with you is really meaningful for me because it makes me realize like, there's so much out there that I could be applying in my business. Yeah. I'm inspired by you. I love knowing that you're out there doing your work in the world while I'm doing my work in the world. And I think that that community piece is so critical. And yet it's the thing mm. that um, isn't always present when we take like a course or read a book. So I would love for you to talk more about the Slowpreneur Summit, because I think yes. this is a way that you are introducing community into our community. Um, so can you talk to us about that and that project and, and kind yes. of what it's for? I'm kind of so excited excited to talk about the Slowpreneur Summit. So we started last year, the first MVP-like uh, edition in Montreal. Yeah. And for me, that was um, a way to gather people around and, you know, talk about what is it Slowpreneurship exactly? Because yeah. still people, I find that we need to have like a, a better uh, understanding of what it is what is at stake when it comes to um, entrepreneurship. And then it was to introduce like another way of networking, of creating connections and bonding with people, with like-minded people. So there was this first part. So I received a lot of comments from last year saying like, because of Montreal, it was Franklish. And so... Uh we decided to um, to make it different for this year. So we decided to do a French edition and an English edition that will come this fall in October, 2023. 
And what we wanted with the summit is to tap into three lane of expertise, um, business design, but also uh, invisible. what we call the invisible. I don't know if you translate well in English, but meaning like anything spiritual, anything, you know, mm. that we have to take into consideration inside our businesses and journey as well as individuals, but also leadership and from a regener- mm. regenerative perspective. And so that's um, three dimensions and um, pillar that we wanted to um, grow and, you know, create the, uh, the summit on. And uh, this year, I've partnered with one of my mentors, Emily Gros. Um, she's actually um, a pioneer in the in the field. She's been around um, discussing slowpreneur uh, subjects and issues and challenge for the last, I think, 15 years, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, around that time. And for me, that was very natural um, to partner with her so that we can communicate to more people and more experts that, you know, no matter what field you're in, no matter industry you're in, tech, finance, uh, coaching, photography, slowing down is good for you, but not only you, it's good for your peers, it's good for your clients, but it's also good for the planet. So there's this commitment to the environment that is also important important and we wanted to bring that dimension also of you know diversity but neurodiversity cultural diversity all these aspects as well that are very important in our businesses and I find it brilliant that we were able to bridge that so that we can we have access to more than 30 speakers for the French edition that will be able to answer all these subjects and what also we we really had at heart is just to make sure that People take these uh, workshop conferences, but then they're able to integrate because what's happening in most of Summit, you ingest bazillion workshops and information, then you're just like, what do I do? (laughs) Right. And so for (laughs) us, it was very important to have a segment where people can have access to a toolkit, a very pragmatic Mm -hmm. and easy to use toolkit so that they can, okay, I don't know how I can become a solopreneur. Or maybe I'm not ready to slowpreneurship yet and I want to find more flow, more ease and more serenity and, you know, make some some good, you know, in life and inside my business. And so all these notions are the foundation of the reason why we decided to create um, this 2023 edition. And I mean, for us, it was just like, we, we have to share this with the world. And we also have to expand on the fact that people need to be able to network differently without, you know, that pressure of, do you have a business card? Do you have a business card? It's not about that. It's more about, yes, for some people it's going to sound cheesy, but loving, connecting with people, you know, on a human level, not necessarily on a, only a transactional level. So beautiful, so needed, just so amazing to find out that this thing that I feel needs to exist in the world is already, you know, in the process of existing, thanks to you and Emily. So I just am really excited to know about it. I think it's just a really beautiful thing because I too, I go to conferences sometimes. I went to Alt Summit recently and uh, everybody was asking me if I had a business card and I was like, no. I do people still do that people gave me their business cards and I just put them in the recycling bin like I followed them on Instagram 
but yeah. you know, I'm not going to carry a business card around. Like we just need new ways. So I feel, yeah. I feel really inspired to know that you're doing this in a new way and really building those, those true connections. Um, so I'm really excited to, to follow along and, and know what you're up to in the world. It's just yes. amazing. And I want to yeah. add the, I'm, I'm just expanding the invitation to you for the English uh, version of the summit. If you'd like to join me and Emily, we'll be so pleased to have you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. That would be such a dream. Such a dream. Um, okay, so I want to wrap up because I want to respect your time and you know make sure that we end on a yeah. on a good note. But I have some questions that I typically ask all my guests the same four questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Um, yeah. No pressure. They're relaxed reflections. This is not a rapid fire round, as I always like to say. Um, but let's get into it, okay? So number one, how do you take your tea or your coffee if you drink coffee? Black coffee. Oh, okay. Nothing. I love it. Just I black. Love it. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, great. Uh, number two, what is the best book that you've read lately? Uh, In the Praise of Slow from uh, Carl Honoré. Oh, yes. I've heard about this one. I have it on my list. Did you like it? I enjoyed it. Every bit of it. And okay. actually, it's on my rereading list for this year. <laughs> okay. I got to have to ask you about that. You have a rereading list for every year. That's amazing. Yes, because simply sometimes there are books that are so good and influence my creativity and stuff that I want yeah. to do that sometimes I create like a notes for the year after like to read it at a certain time. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to implement that practice. That is so cool. Um, okay. Third one. Where is your favorite place on earth? <sighs> well, my answer is going to sound cheesy, but Okay, my favorite are the cheesy answers. <laughs> it's just to be in my son's bedroom. I I like his environment. He's like everything. I love it. So cute. That's so <laughs> I love that. I know it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. So beautiful. Okay, and last one. This is more like a little bit of fun. But what is something that you would currently really like to get yourself as a gift? Or if you did recently buy yourself a gift, what was it? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Oh, well, I do like to gift myself with sound bath. Oh, yeah, Ooh, some sound bath events or experiences. I love that. It's so. I mean, if you never have been to one of these, you have to try. Okay. Oh, that sounds amazing. I've been to sort of certain events where they were playing kind of, you know, the, the singing bowls and things like that, but I've never been to a sound bath. Um, and a I think sound I'm bath have to try it after this. Yeah. A sound bath is a mix of singing bowl. You can have didgeridoo, you can have harp over instrument, you can have um, singing, like, but it's on the body. It's better than a massage. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out. That is a great answer. I love that. Um, well, Geraldine, thank you so much for being here. I can't thank you enough for making the time and just for being a light in the world of slowpreneurship. I'm so happy that we are connected now and I'm excited to get to be a part of your, your work as well. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Slowpreneur. 
If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at hello at stephaniepellet.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at stephaniepellet.com slash slowpreneur. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.